podcast my name is anthony and sitting right across from me via zoom waiting on some chicken wings as always it's my pal de quincy oh i'm always waiting on chicken wings huh sound a little racist over there yeah maybe we should restart that no no you know i was just thinking while you're doing your intro i was like man it's been a while since he did one of his crazy over the top, top intros and damn it and you didn't walk right into one wow yeah yeah, not my best. Yeah, <laughs> not my best. Yeah. Ah, this one. Uh, I, put the, I put I put my words in the wrong order. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you're lucky. I know you. <laughs> know you for over a decade, or else we had that problems. <laughs> oh man, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I imagine you'll be better once the wings are done. Yes, I got. That does sound good, by the yeah. way. Honey barbecue wings. Oh, They're yeah. in the. Right on the oven. I got it during the podcast. I'm at to go get them, put the glaze on them, and stick them back into the oven for a few more minutes. But um, it's all good. Can't Excellent. Wait. Yeah, try not to do HEB. The HEB brand hot sauce. Okay. Like a, they were giving it away for free like two weeks ago, and it's the first time I'm using it. You know, nice. I, I dipped a pinky in there to lick, you know, how to get oh, yeah. a little taste of the product. You got to dab it a little bit. Yeah, it's, it tastes good, right? So I can't wait to try it. Although HEB, they don't like their uh, store brand stuff. They don't miss. Like I have, I've yet to have one bad experience from them. Completely agree. Mm-hmm. Everything from sauces to sodas, mm-hmm. they they just man knock it out of the park. Yeah, they're um they're Sprite knockoff. Oh, we drink those in this household. <laughs> I don't remember the name of them. Like seven something or whatever, yeah. <laughs> Top tier. <sighs> yeah. So how you doing sports wise, man? It's been uh <laughs> quite a week. Yeah, we uh I feel like uh, enough time has passed for us to uh, I think the morning has has uh passed because mm-hmm. we're pretty upbeat uh to start this this episode and uh just kind of you know back to business as usual for us but um yeah this past week was definitely a tough one it wasn't the best it wasn't the funnest um you know uh, disappointing end to the baseball season uh for the Astros um and it's crazy to think and, where we were last episode we were on the highest of highs after we really were walk up, um three run home run in game five and here we are and the low is on the lows. After but that. a lot of the stuff that we touched on, you know, were the things that that didn't come to pass that needed to. Yeah. You know, when it when you talk about, you know, Framber needing to pitch like the 2022 Framber for this for that game six, um, and he didn't. Um when you think about our confidence in Javier going into game seven, just based on how he's been pitching in the postseason, that, that didn't happen. Uh, Tucker never was able to turn it around 
offensively. The, the offense, like as a whole, with the exception of Altuve and Alvarez, um, and Abreu, and Abreu, and Abreu, you know, uh, no, but you know, you, you you have to rely on more than three guys to get it done, uh, and and it didn't happen, and the bullpen kind of fell apart, which was to me the most surprising, I think even uh, ahead of Kyle Tucker's, you know, uh, inability to, to hit the ball during the playoffs. Um, just, you know, the, the way that, uh, the way it all kind of, it, it, you know, it ended was definitely disappointing um, and unexpected. But um, at the end of the day, you know, the better team won. They, they got the job done. Um, they, they were the better team in that moment, not necessarily, you know, uh, throughout the whole season, but just, um, you know, in that moment. And that's really all that matters is that who was playing the best in that moment. And they, they got it done. Yeah. Um you wanna, we look at you want to go uh, over some of these stats real quick. Yeah, yeah. In this seven game series. All right. Um so right, we're talking about the big heaters. Jordan Alvarez hit uh four eighty one. In ALCS with two home runs, Altuve three thirty three ah, three thirteen three home runs, and Dubon hit a smooth three hundred. Mm-hmm. I said Jose Abreu came through two eighty six with a with one home run uh, against the Rangers, and then no one else on the team hit over two fifty. Chas McCormick two thirty five, Bregman two thirty one, Pena one sixty, Kyle Tucker one fifty four, yeah, Michael Brantley one eighteen. Yeah, that's just not going to get it done. Um, I think it was game six I was watching. Uh, and at one point they had – they show they showed a stat line. Uh, I'm trying to pull that up real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, game six was uh, – yeah, 9-2 to two, Texas. And in that game, I think they said that Texas is – no, it might have been game seven, I guess. It had to have been game seven then. But at one point, Texas's one through four hitters were hitting like six for eight through like those eight at bats. You know, that's yeah. something that is going to win you a series nine times out of ten. Yeah. You want to talk about the Astros pitching real quick? Sure. All right, guess which pitcher had an ERA under – what starting pitcher had an ERA under four? JV? Incorrect. None of them did. Jeez. Verlander's ERA. Yeah, yeah. 4.38. Because he gave up those hits in game um, – Oh, game that's five. right. Yeah. Game five. Yeah. Uh, Garcia home run that basically that chased him out the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Christian Javier ERA 7.5. Framber Valdez, yeah, Valdez, eight point two two, and Jose Acuity, eight point three one. Yeah, with Javier, that all that came in Game Seven. Yep, it was not a good series. And I hear me chicken wings, so I'm we're gonna stop right here. You guys will uh, hear a little bit of a pause, and I'll come back. All right. Pause. All right, we're back. Um, got about another 10 minutes. I have to take them out the oven for sure. You know, I got to make sure that glaze is hitting good. Cool. In fact, let me make sure I put the timer on my watch. 
So I have delicious wings and not burnt wings. <laughs> I can't mess with them. All right. Um, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, the Astros stinking it up. Yeah, I mean, you know, those pitching numbers were really bad. And, you know, I mentioned Texas, you know, their one through four hitters going like six for eight or something like that for, I think it was game seven. Like, mm-hmm. when your offense is doing that and the Astros offense isn't doing that, this, you, you can't be surprised if the Astros lose, lose that game. Um, if your offense isn't going toe to toe with them, then you know what 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 could we expect? What else could we expect? Um, the outcome uh, was just indicative indicative of the lack of hitting on the Astros' part. Yeah, uh, but it was but again, it wasn't just the hitting; it was pitching. It was just everything. I mean, this every, team every facet of the game. Yeah, was crazy yeah. to say because it felt like. Some the magic was in the air after game five, and the Rangers just came and stomped that out. It, that many, many I mean, all I don't of the know. momentum was, oh, was no. with the Astros after game five, yes, which is once again why I don't believe in momentum because <laughs> where'd the momentum go? But the momentum didn't come down I 45 with the Astros, <laughs> it stayed up there in Globe Life. What happened? Um, yeah, I, but yeah, this is a disappointing series. To lose, you know, once again the Astros lose um, all their home games, joining the twenty nineteen Astros. That's the only franchise in history to do that. Uh, Yeah, it was just just disappointing. I'm glad we did not record after Game Seven. I'm pretty sure I would have said some things about um, uh, everyone. (laughs) Well, yeah, every everyone, but things about uh, Valdez that would have, you know, gave me an application to work at ICE, so. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. What's interesting is going to be both Valdez and Tucker are going to be going through our arbitration during his offseason, and I'm the Astros. I just pull up tape of this ALCS series and be like, you want me to pay you $12, $15 million a year? Look what you did. Look at this. I mean, I did, I was not aware of Valdez, but I mean, add him to the list. Him and Tucker playing themselves out of a raise mm-hmm. with their performances in in the American League Championship Series uh, and the playoffs as a whole. I mean, uh, Tucker didn't hit very well in the first round either in the division series. And Tucker hasn't played that well in the last in two playoff series this year and last year's. Yeah. I think we all remember the two home runs he hit in game one against the uh, Phillies in the World Series last year. But you look at his track record, the last two playoffs series, like there hasn't been that much there. Right. That's about all there was is just those home runs. Mm -hmm. Not much else. So, yeah, I mean, you know, this season, during this season, we were all, you know, siding with him. Like, how do you not give that guy a raise? The, the, a minimal raise, basically, not, you know, not even a, a, you know, the the difference from what he asked and what they offered was, you know, not a giant amount uh, for him. Um, but man, it, it it makes begrudgingly it makes the Astros Astros decision um, that much better, just because, man, how, how do you? How do you justify another raise this year? I don't know. 
he'll get he'll get something because that's how our oh, yeah. is gonna work. It's gonna go. But man, I I who do you think is more likely to stay with the Astros long term, Tucker or Valdez? Uh that's a good question. I've never considered pitting those two, but um I guess I would say Valdez. I don't know. Tucker has struck me as the kind of guy that, you know, he's seeing these big time deals being given out to some, you know, to guys like Marcus Simeon and, and, um, you know, even, even Harper and Trout back in the day, which, you know, they're on different, they're different players all around compared to him. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's good enough to be in that kind of, um, to, to you know to garner a, a pretty nice contract um and I don't know if the team is willing to to invest that much into into him at least so yeah between the, those two I, I could see Framber definitely staying okay I don't really have a take in the matter I was just asking it just came to yeah. my mind um so have you watched any of the World Series uh little snippets here and there an inning or two here and there just catching you know just kind of peeking at the score but you know honestly baseball's over <laughs> like the season yeah. i'm done <laughs> yeah, i'll tell my coworkers it was like baseball isn't like football like the super bowl is an event so i will watch super bowls for you know the play whatever oh, teams in are in there and also the commercials for any other sport and the finals um, the World Series is like if my team is in it, I, or I don't have like some kind of connection to a player that's in this in the series. I really, I don't yeah, care. That's it. So the only part, the only thing I've seen is like, um, uh, whenever I, if I'm scrolling on Twitter and I see like the MLB account retweet or um sure. put out a clip of what something that happens, that's the only thing I've seen. I made no effort to watch the World Series. Right, right. Um, yeah, the, the season ended. Uh, I tried to time it as soon as uh, the ball hit Texas's first baseman's glove. Mm-hmm. And even I was too slow for that because uh, I had to settle for when his arms went up in the air and he just got started lifting off the ground in celebration. That's when I was able to change the channel and, and the season was over. I think I stopped watching like the third inning. Uh, so oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, they were all the year. Uh, yeah, I was much earlier. It was was the third. It was probably that's when I started watching. I just had it on um, MLB. I was watching the game day, and I was playing Spider Man Two. Um, as soon as JP France came in and got lit the fuck up, the laptop <laughs> closed. I was done. I knew what it was. That was all she wrote. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but I'm, I'm like, I'm like, the season, as soon as the Astros season ends, that's when my interest in basketball ends. I'm sorry, my interest in baseball ends. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm ready for the offseason, see what the Astros are going to do. And, um, well, yeah, I don't think we have we talked about like the Astros offseason plans, really? Not really. Um, there's a lot actually, you know, to figure out. Yeah. Because I'm looking through a team, like the only place they really need to upgrade, I would say, is the outfield. Mm-hmm. Because I think Michael Brantley is either going to retire or 
be jettisoned from the team. I don't think he's coming back. So they're going to need someone to either left field or center field. They feel like moving Chaz McCormick over the left. And that's about it. The infield is settled. The yeah. starting repitching is settled. Like you may have issues with who's there, but the there are too many big money guys in the rotation as it is. Mm-hmm. And they might go out and get a couple of bullpen pieces, but that's about it. Like I don't see any major changes coming to this team because a they don't really need it they were one game away from going back to the world series and b right. they're already like really close up against that first luxury tax line mm-hmm. and i just don't jim crane has only passed that luxury tax line one time it was 2020 when there were no penalties for it right so i just don't see him i don't see him going like it he might brush up against it or go over it like a couple million or two, but I don't see them being big, heavy players for any superstars this year. I've already seen Astro fans, you know, clamoring for Cody Bellinger, and I'm like, he's going to make like $20 million a year. He's not coming here. And, you know, we actually talked about him in a text. My opinion, he is still a gamble because he bounced back. I mean, he's what he's going to be comeback player of the year, would you say, in the National League? Mm, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean he he's in the running at least. Um, but that's just one year. Like, how do you know that? You know, this is the Cody Bellinger that's going to stick. Like, you know, it's a scary thought that he might. You know, he could he could very well revert back to, you know, the Cody Bellinger that couldn't hit. You know, after winning a World Series title, <laughs> it just, um, you know, it, I mean, we're still... talking about he, he reverted. He technically he reverted to what he was before his shoulder injury. The injury, too. yeah, that's what it was. The injury. This is a former, you know, World Series, not World Series, but this is former league MVP running mm-hmm. back in 2019, rookie of the year 2017. Uh, if he's found that form again, then, then... I might I might be low with 20 million dollars. Right. But, you know, even $20 million, I think, is still a risk on, you know, is he back for good? Like, is he rookie of the year, MVP? Is he back to that form, like, for good? Because if he's not, you know, $20 million is, is still a lot of money to, to take a chance on. You were um, Cody Bellinger this year. 307 average, 356 on base, 27 home runs, 97 RBI, OPS of 881, OPS plus of 133. Uh, $20 million may be cheap. <laughs> it went low. <laughs> I'm trying to see. Okay. Go estimate. Estimation on his next contract, uh, sport track market value. They say five years, one hundred and twelve million dollars, come out to twenty two and a half annually. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering that the Astros are paying eighteen and a half million to Jose Abreu, and Bellinger, I think, is a perfect example of why. Tucker could leave the team over Framber 
Because if Bellinger is making that kind of money after having some really bad seasons after the you know MVP and, and Rookie of the Year campaign, after the injury, like you said, mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why Tucker wouldn't test the market and go after his own five-year 122. Is that what you said? Yeah. 112. Five-year 112. 112. Yeah. I mean, Tucker could easily go out and get that. I'm going to look to see if they have anything up for any kind of estimate for for, um, Tucker's next contract. I don't see see his name up here. Um, But yeah, I know people uh, online have been making that suggestion, and I'm like, you guys, you got to get that out of your head. Yeah. We got an estimate for Kyle Tucker's arbitration total. Looks like Sport Track is paying him at $13.1 million this year. I mean, the guy led the league and runs batted in. Mm-hmm. Um, Wish he had led the ALCS and runs batted <laughs> right, in. Right. You only get, some, only get so much. Yeah, I mean, I think if I think the fans would be short sighted sided in seeing that if you did go out and get a guy like Bellinger, you know, if somehow they did just open up the purse strings and get him, I think you're taking a big risk in losing Tucker. Because at some point they're not going to be able to afford both. They wouldn't be able to afford both. I got pushed back on it. If Jim Crane wanted to afford both, he could afford both. How much do you know how much money he's made out, out of all these damn playoff trips? Then he should do it. I mean, because look, Bellinger is what the best available free agent or nope. the best available free agent outfielder. Outfielder. There you go. Yeah, not named Shohei Otani. Yeah, I don't even want to look at what his contract estimate is supposed to be. Let's uh, give me one second. I'm going to go get those wings out the oven. Pause me. All right. The wings look magnificent. Let's get back to this podcast so I we can finish and I can get to eat. Okay, regardless of how, regardless of whether it makes sense or not, mm-hmm. uh, I'm leaving it to someone else to make it make sense. Uh, you got to at least give him a call, right? Bellinger. No, Otani. Oh, 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 yeah. I mean, just at least just a ten second phone call to see. You know what we're looking at. <laughs> I mean, money really. Sh- if your goal is to win World Series, money should not be an object. Like you throw whatever you have to throw at Shoya Tyne again in the building, right? So I mean, we can at least count on them. Just at least, just making a phone call. I'm I'm not putting anything past Jim Crane. I have no (laughs) idea. Like they may not even try. I I'm not even going to try to put my mind in that man's head. Not even going to give. Nope. Fair. I own the team. I would have done. But if I own the team, there are other there are other players I would just throw money at because I'm here to. I I want to win championships. I'm already a billionaire. Who cares? Right. 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I, I agree that as constructed, this team, yeah, it was one, one win away getting back into it. Um, there aren't going to be a whole lot of wholesale changes. I mean, there, there really doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you might look to get younger. And by that, I mean just not re-signing Brantley, you know, in your outfield. Because at this point, it you know, like when the season started, when we knew Brantley was out with the injury, mm-hmm. you know, you open the season with, you know, a rotation, uh, an outfield rotation from, you know, left to center of uh, Jordan, Chaz, and Jake Myers. And then now it, it's pretty much going to be a rotation of Alvarez. It, it would be if you don't resign Brantley of Alvarez, Chaz, and Dubon. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. I mean, the way Dubon emerged, you know, this season, you know, playing all, you know, getting a lot of playing time all over the place because of, you know, significant injuries. I mean, he made the most out of every opportunity he was, you know, afforded. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just looking at the money, looking at these stats and yeah. everything. Uh, so far, Astros payroll for next year, $195 million. The first salary cap is 237 Okay. So, so a little bit less than four. Um, bleh, sorry, not 400 million. They have a little less than 40 400. million to play with. Is that 190, you said 195? 197. I'm 197. Sorry, Does that include? The arbitration raises that this are isn't this is not with the arbitration. Okay. This is just showing so, the who's on the um who has a contract for next year. So let's just give a rough estimate that after arbitration and stuff, uh you have thirty five million left. I'm sorry, what? How'd you go from forty to thirty? Do you know how many people <laughs> the Astros had to do arbitration with? How many are, are is it just Alvarez or Valdez and Tucker? Nope. Dubon, he's in his second year arbitration. Okay. Chaz McCormick's in his first. Kyle Tucker's in his second. Valdez is to be his third year. Uh, Jose Acuti in his second year. Luis Garcia in his first year. Brian Abreu's first year. So that was what? One, four, five, six, seven players. Okay, so we're going from forty million to what twenty five million left, buddy. You were going. If I just said that Kyle Tucker was supposed to get like thirteen, why? <laughs> what did he make this past year? Um, I don't know. It's either ten or eleven. I think that's how much money he made last oh, year. Geez. Okay, <laughs> so all right. I'm, instead of making these projections, I'm just going to say there's no money left. <laughs> There will be no money left. Oh, it was five, it was I'm sorry, I was way off. It was five million dollars. So there will be no money left. Yeah, he's done. Free agency. I got some bad news for you. There will be no money <laughs> left for free agency. Uh, but that's okay. I mean that I, I think that really is okay. 
trying to scroll through going to this. This is on trade rumors. They're putting estimates of the arbitration figures. Uh, are you ready to go through these? Let's do it. All right. Valdez, 12.1 million. Kyle Tucker, 12.6. Ukrede, 3.5. Dubon, 3.1. Garcia, 2.1. Uh, Brian Abreu, two million. Chas McCormick, Mc, yeah, Chas McCormick, three point one. The sound you hear, that shutting sound, is the uh, free agency door. Right. Just it just shut, and um, Jim Crane locked it behind him. Checkbook closing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So the team you got now is basically the team you're going to get for at least next year, depending on what they do with Bregman and Altuve's contract extension, might be the same team for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not... I really want to say I'm not too worried because they're one game away for the World Series, but as I say with other... I've said this with basketball and football all the time. If you're not improving, then you're getting worse because everyone else is getting better. Like, yeah, no, that's true too. The Rangers are still going to be the force. The Mariners, they have slipped this year. They'll be back next year. And that's just in the West. There are other teams out in the American League who are going to try to, who didn't make the playoffs this year, they're going to make it, make a run next year. Might be a wild card team. Talking about like um both the Yankees, the Red Sox, maybe the Blue Jays will try for real for real this year. Right. Like let me ask you, what what are your thoughts on Justin Verlander? Like I guess multiple parts. Did you like what you saw? When he came back, uh, how much do you think he has left in the tank? And uh, yeah, I mean, does do you look at him as the ace once again going into next season? So when he came back, I was I was happy to have him back. He's still really really talented. He still has those games where he can pitch like an ace. My thing going into next year. If you expect him to be your number one, you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, either Valdez or um, Christian Javier, or even Lance, because like someone has to make that st- that step. Someone has to be the number one in this team. I think um, Verlander is going to have a nice year next year. Like I, I'm not expecting him to like lead the league in ERA or anything like that. Like I. He's gonna have. I think he's gonna have ERA somewhere between three and a half and three point seven five, something like that. I think he's gonna sell into a nice number two, maybe number three role. But going into the playoffs next year, he should not be the guy starting game one of any series. Like he has the name and the pedigree, but his best days are behind him. Right. Yeah. No. I. I. You know. I agree. I. I want to make sure I wasn't. You know crazy in that thinking that you know you can't rely on him to be the ace forever those days yeah are pretty much behind them um i would be very surprised if he got the number one starter 
for the year? He opened the season as your starter. Um, I would be surprised if he starts more than 30 games next year. Oh, man. I mean, and I'm not saying that for like injury sick. Like, I don't think because I think it's one of those things where the Astros uh, team doctors are like, okay, maybe you need to st- uh, let's skip a start here. Keep your arm fresh. You know, we saw you're only hitting 92, so we'll we'll skip you a little bit so you can come back and get up to 95, 96 again. Like we, the Astros know that it's about the playoffs, right? And and I also, if you really think about it, um, or if you look at it, nobody is making 30 starts on this team next year. I mean, Framber and, and Javier started 31 times. Brown started 29. And France started 23 times. Um, I don't I, – I see those numbers coming down for all four of those guys just because at some point you're going to get Garcia back. Mm-hmm. Urquidy will probably be in the mix for the rotation again. Um, some point you'll get McCullough's yeah. back, yeah, yeah. So I, I think, I think thirty starts is not happening for most of these guys. If anybody, I, I it would probably Framber, just because mm-hmm. he should be your number one guy going into the season. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, thirty starts for Justin Verlander for Justin Verlander wasn't even a consideration at this point for me. I mean, I look at him as a guy, maybe between twenty three and twenty seven starts next year. Yeah, he started twenty seven. Yes, yeah. previous year. So yeah. Uh, if I had to say one thing about the entire twenty twenty three Astros, it this season was like you got your dream car, and it's like yeah, I can I can go anywhere I want, and then one month the battery goes dead, and then <laughs> a couple weeks after that, your timing belt. Then after that, it's a oil check. And then a month and a half later, uh, your brakes need to be changed. It's like this team never hit all cylinders at any point right. of the year. Yeah. You know, there were a, a lot of injuries, a lot of replacement parts. A lot of inconsistency from players. Yeah. And um, all things considered, like it's, it's still – an amazing feat that they won the division, got to the playoffs. Um, you just have to hope that everything gets back in order next year. Everybody stays healthy. Like, you know, uh, I wouldn't say that this team lost the season or lost the, in the postseason because they were injured all year. Because if you think about it, Altuve was back in, in regular, he was back to normal form by the end of the season. Like he wasn't, Showing signs of you know dealing with the injury, um, you had a healthy JV again. Um, everybody else, you know, was playing fine. They were, you know, it wasn't uh, an injury thing like we have seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just it was it it was clearly just a performance issue that. That plagued this team in, in the postseason this year. Yeah. And 
you know, if we're, if we're talking about injuries, if we are going to talk about injuries and things like that, I mean, you really have to give a lot of credit to Dubon for the way he handled second base and then, you know, playing in the outfield when, when JV came back. Um, and, and, and also I think Brown and France, the way they took on major, major roles in, in the rotation at the end of the rotation, um, when I don't, when nobody expected them to make nearly as many starts as that they made this year. Yeah. I remember coming to the season, Hunter Brown was supposed to be like the spot starter right? Like coming out of the bullpen and he made that 29 starts. Yeah. Pitched 150 innings, I think. Yeah. And then JP France, uh, Officer France to you, <laughs> right. came up, pitched, pitched really well this season, 23 starts, ERA under four. Yeah. Sorely needed. And he's going to be a guy that's going to be fighting for a spot in the back rotation going into next year. I agree. Um. Yeah, I mean, and by, but look, by the end of the year, they clearly gassed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brown especially, just because it's hard for a young pitcher to keep up that, you know, keep the gas in the tank to throw 95, 96, 97 miles um, after 150 innings. As, and as you pointed out several times that season, you know, career highs for these guys. So did you hear the, the, um, the weird theory about Brown that I kind of subscribe to? You told me the, the the theory that you know he emulated JV so much that pitching the day after him made it you know a little bit easier for offenses to kind of pick up on it. Yeah, exactly. Which when you when you told me that, I it made sense. Really, I mean, it did make sense. You're getting the same, basically, almost the same wind up motion, everything. And you're just, you know, you're getting extra looks at at the same pitcher, basically. Yeah, man. So uh, I expect a bounce back year from Brown from France. We'll see what we get from um, Lance McCullers. I, I don't know, man. I feel like that's money just washed down the drain. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but... The- Again, I, I don't mind being proven wrong hmm. when it comes to these to our, our favorite sports teams and things like that. I'll I'll never, you know, uh, downplay whatever um you know, whatever negativity whatever negative things I had to say about a team or a player, you know, before they, you know, proved me proved me wrong. And Lance is, is I'm still rooting for the guy. You're like, clearly, you know, because if he's, if he proves me wrong, if he, you know, gets back to that form from 2020, 20, 20, uh, 21, 2020, yeah, 21, man, I mean, this team is better off with that guy. Um, so I want to be proven wrong. I want to be, you know, uh, you want to believe so bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I've been saying it for years, man. This guy is not, you know, he's not that guy that they were hoping he would be. He hasn't turned out to be that guy. 
And I think he, you know, I think he has benefited from being in the same draft class as, was it Correa? Yeah. Coming up with Correa and those guys, Bregman, you know, coming up at the same time as these guys, um, getting cast in HEB commercials with them, you know, uh, being as vocal as he's been. I think he's greatly benefited from coming up at the same time as the core guys. And, uh, but at the same time has not lived up to, or has not played to the, you know, standards that, you know, a Bregman or and even a Correa kind of kept up. Only three more years on that contract. Woo! Oh, boy. Oof, wow. And he's already 30, right? Yep. Man. The good thing is not crazy expensive. It's like 18 million a year, so. 18 a year? Well, technically 17.7, but it was five years. What was it? Five. 85. Oh my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. Five years, 85 million. Well, I guess I forgot that, but wow. So I guess, you know, you have to hope he's a, a good number three guy again. I can't keep downgrading the guy because I used to say, can't, he's not going to be any better than a, th- he, he'll be a solid number three guy. You can't be making 17 and a half or you know, 18 million dollars a year being a decent number four guy. Like you have to be at least a solid number three guy in the rotation. I don't know, man. The way this inflation is going, no telling. I mean, Verlander and um Scherzer both make over 40 million a year. Yeah. So you be luckily, luckily the Astros are only on the hook for what? Two? <laughs> two million of that? Um, no, half. Half, okay. I just loved that the Mets were like, you know what? I can I can ride it off. <laughs> we're giving him away for free, basically. Yeah, good on the Mets. They were like, this is a sunk cost. Let's get rid of it. Yep. Uh, all right. So we talked though, enough about the Astros. Let's talk about the man who used to manage them. Dusty Baker finally announced his retirement. Um, it had been leaked that he was thinking about it after the ALCS loss. He had a mm-hmm. press conference with Jim Crane and Dana Brown where he, this where basically it's like, this isn't goodbye. It's just see you later. Um, stepping down as manager of the Astros, still interested in doing something around the game of baseball. Jim Crane has already said if he wants in with the Astros, he can have in with the Astros as, you know, special advisor or whatever. Um, Just, I say, Dusty Baker was the right guy at the right time for the Astros coming in after the cheating scandal and just like keeping everything calm and collected. Absolutely. Just kept the train ru- running, uh, kept the train rolling from all the success that the Astros had, had before 2020. Just kept kept it going. Like The worst Dusty Baker ever finished in the Astro uniform was losing in Game 7 to ALCS. 
they they lost against uh the Rays ALCS in 2000 and 2021 they lost to the Braves in the World Series game 6 last year they win the whole thing against the Phillies in 6 and you know this year we saw it happen losing in, in ALCS at you know a game away from the World Series so the next manager has their work cut out for it because if he doesn't at least make it to game 7 of ALCS is a failure right <laughs> it's hard to hard to argue with that um for all the talk that we just for everything we just talked about prior to this, mm-hmm. this is really the biggest offseason move is finding the successor for Dusty and seeing if they have what it takes to keep, you know, to uh keep the machine running. Taking over for the greatest Astros manager in all of you know Astros history. I will yeah. keep saying that. If anyone can you know, find a flaw in my logic. I would love to hear it. No one has yet. It's hard to argue with you, man. Um, but to you know, speak about Dusty. You know, before we talk about you know the successor. I mean, just an incredible. I mean, better than I could have expected. You know. Like I, I remember seeing Dusty as the manager of the Giants for all those years. Uh, was he the manager for the Reds at one yes. point? And then uh, was it the Cubs? Yes. Yeah, I believe it was like, the Cubs before the Reds, but I would check. Yeah. Um. And I just remember hating those te- those Dusty Baker teams because they were just so well. They were so well put together. They were good teams usually. And um, it was it was a joy or at least a pleasure to be on the other side of that and, you know, rooting for a Dusty Baker managed team because uh, these teams were, were great, were just, just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And sure, the talent was all in place by the time he got here, clearly. But, you know, it definitely takes a, it definitely takes the right man or the right person, the right person to make sure that the machine keeps moving. Yeah. And Dusty, he did. I mean, he was. Yeah. I don't, I, to go back to what you said about the talent, I hate when people like try to just disregard Dusty Baker's ability or like, oh, look at all this talent that he has. And all I can say is, what manager do you know ever won without talent? Right. Like, y'all swear, y'all, you know, bend the knee at AJ Hinch's legacy. And you could, what has AJ Hinch done since leaving Houston? <laughs> Not a whole lot. That's for yeah. sure. So, no manager wins without talent no matter what the sport is no matter no matter what you're doing like you gotta have the talented players your job is to make sure that those talented guys you know put their best out there on the field every day and that's what Dustin mm-hmm. did and I know people like to bitch about his lineup um and not pan- playing um DS enough I'm like y'all need just shut up man y'all don't know what goes on in 
the clubhouse on a day-to-day basis. All y'all do is hop on the fan grabs and, and nerd out. And like, it takes more than that. Like you have to get to know these people on a personal level in order to be a good manager. Y'all know what y'all fucking talking about. I'm sorry. Like Astral fans this season have, I like to say I am an Astros fan that watches the game. I'm not part of any kind of Astros Twitter or anything like that because those nerds get on my fucking nerves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because during the season, regular season, it's like, oh, Dusty's doing this. He's stupid. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. And any anybody can run this team. Any monkey can run this team. I'm like, oh, <laughs> the black guy, you're going to use the word monkey. Okay. But these are the same people now freaking out about who the Astros are going to hire the next manager. I'm like, so which is it? Anyone can do it or you need someone great to do it? Like, man, I mean, like, honestly, 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 I'm not sure next year. I'm not sure if I want to root for the Astros to win the World Series again because that's what my team winning makes me happy or just to watch them flame out. So I'd be like, huh, looks like Dusty Baker knew more than you guys thought he did, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so ready for them to be like hovering around 500. So I jump online and say, man, if this was Dusty Baker, imagine what you racist pricks would be saying about him. Cause that's all it was. It's like a black guy is doing well in the job. You guys didn't think he deserved. Cause no, like even with the measure of decision, Dusty Bay, there's no reason for all the, the fucking vitriol that was thrown around on Twitter every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you could disagree with someone without making it personal, making it seem like he never should have the job in the first place. And that's the line that people online kept crossing. Well, it's convenient for them. They can do it, you know, behind a keyboard, you know, mm-hmm. in in uh, near certain anonymity. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's uh, it's anything, anything that that people get too passionate or obsessed about mm-hmm. in an unhealthy way, uh, whether it is race or you know anything, any kind of opinion. Um, nine times out of ten, they say things that they would never tell to that person or you know, someone uh, related to that person, you know, to their face. Like, it's it's a matter of convenience. We got to get back to being able to challenge people to duels, you know? <laughs> Just a glove slap across the face. Meet me here at dawn. Ten paces, turn, fire. We got to bring back duels. We got to bring, bring back respect. We got to bring back honor to our country. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. We got to bring it back. Anytime. I'm going to run. That's going to be my presidential um, platform. 
Uh, we're bringing back dueling. <laughs> more three day weekends, more dueling. That's what we're doing. We're settling beefs old school. Yeah, yeah. we're selling the beefs. No more kickity kick and keyboard warriors. We're selling <laughs> this like men. If in fact, let's not even not even duel. Let's get the guns out. Just hands. Just fight. Let's I'm just saying, fight. I would I'd be down for that. I'll jump in for that. Glove slap. You meet in the octagon six in the morning. You go five rounds. We're bringing back honor to our country. We should do Coliseum style, where there's it's a it's a much larger, it's a much larger you know area to fight. So there's no holding up against the cage. There's no running. You know you have to, or or in a in a small you know a small setting. But you put one each each combatant puts one foot in a tire, and you got to keep that keep those feet in those in that tire. I want Just violence. I want fights. I want I want respect being brought back to my country. It's not MAGA. It's Magda. Make America duel again. We're bringing it back. <laughs> <sighs> but we're talking about Dusty Breaker. Like I love that guy. I love everything that he did for this team. You know, being a steady hand after the the cheating scandal, keeping the gravy train rolling. Uh, another World Series, two World Series appearances, four straight ALCSs for Dusty Baker. Like, what more could you ask for? More World Series, of course, but besides that, what more can you ask? For? <laughs> yeah. So we've both seen some of the names being floated around there as replacements. Um I don't know, man. None of which I'm excited about. I mean, I, I just. Well, what name would make you excited? I don't know. That's the thing. Like, it's one of those things where well, I don't like any of these names. Well, who do you got? I don't like. I just. It's hard to picture someone else at this point. I know the popular thing is say, oh, it's Joe Spada's time. And he's there, you know, just giving him the job. And I keep looking at his record. I'm like, the last two years he's been in, been on 75 interviews without a callback. That that's <laughs> a red flag to me. And once you told me that, I kind of cooled off on him too. I was, I thought, well, it's got to be him. But then you learn that, and it's like, well, I don't know who's who. Who should it be then? And then you sent me a list of names from some tweet and none of those names excited me do you have that tweet well, White, former shortstop for Colorado I think uh, Buck Walter, who has been in look I'm you know we got very fortunate that the last baseball lifer that we had still had plenty in him to win a World Series and be very successful I don't know if another baseball lifer like Buck Showalter is going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you know, is, you know, is he, is he in the same category as Dusty? Is that he needed just the right team to finally get it done and finally 
you know, show how great of a manager he is. I don't know. I I, I don't, do I want to, do we want to go through that again? Do we, you know, um, because this guy has been in baseball forever as well um, and has not been as, as successful even before Dusty came to the Astros. I found the tweet. It was, it's um, odds to replace Dusty Baker as Astro manager via Bovada, a gambling site. So has Joe Espinata as a favorite uh, minus 200 and then everyone else high odds will venerable plus 700 buck showalter plus 700 don madley plus 700 aj hinch plus 700 and then craig council and white or walt weiss at plus 750 none of those names not even aj hinch interest me at all at this point if they rehire aj hinch i'm, I'm just gonna say well we just don't care anymore do we <laughs> I'm like you. I was like, none of these guys excite me, but I don't know who out there, what manager would if I hear their name. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is another thing. Do you necessarily need a flashy managerial candidate? No, we need someone to come in and not fuck everything up. Right. Like, the system's already in place. We don't need you. Like, that's why I'm against Buck, Buck Shawalter. I don't need you coming in here messing things up. We're good. He definitely seems like the kind of guy that's going to Come in, and it's my way. I'm running the show now. This is how it's going to be. Sit down, Grandpa. We got this. So <laughs> I don't know. Shit, the, you know, when I say like that, it's like, shit, go ahead and give it to a spotter. Let's see what happens. I mean, with a spotter, at least there's some familiarity with the roster, with how things, you know, have worked over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, at, at the same time, you know, he, I'm sure he wants to be his own man, his own manager and prove to people like, okay, I, I know how to, you know, there are things that I want to try out for this team and which is fine. I mean, that's part of the reason why you take this job. That's what part of the reason why you, you know, take any, any managerial job. Mm-hmm. Is to you know set your own mark and leave your own mark. But it's like the mark that's been set was so good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know that eventually this golden era is going to come to an end because all golden eras do mm-hmm. across all types and forms of of life. But man, to be the manager who's at the helm when shit starts to sink, <laughs> good luck. Right. All right. All right. So I think that's enough baseball talk for us. Sure. You know, we'll talk more during the off season. See what happens. See where Shohei eventually ends up. See who gets hired as the manager. Yeah. So let's move. Um, NBA season kicked off. The Astro. Nah, so yeah. baseball. The Rockets are zero two. They lost the first two games to the Magic and the Spurs. Um, have you uh, caught any of the games? No. All right. Well, let's be quick because we really didn't have too much to say about this. The only thing I really had to say was like the hot take. I did I tell you my hot take about the Rockets? No, I don't think so. 
So I I guess you two, in fact. One, like I don't think all these guys are gonna be on the team when it finally gets good. Like I think right now they have too many players that need basically the ball and space to develop. Yep. And so they're gonna need to ship some guys out to bring you know, to give someone like um San Sangoon the ability to be the guy or Jabari Jr. or somebody. I agree. I feel like the team is too young uh and and too athletic to make you know to take big steps together. Mm-hmm. It's it's exciting to think you've got five, six guys that are all 21, 22, 23 years old together. Um, but at the same time, it it they haven't made they've made improvements and they've made steps, taken steps forward, but they haven't taken enough steps forward up to this point. Um and now you've got what Amen Thompson, who's what nineteen, Amen. adding a, another super young, super athletic guy, um, who's still you know it remains to be seen what he can what he can do. I mean he was uh, he didn't play a year of like big college ball. He played you know what was it not the G League but it was uh, yeah oh did he play the G League. He was drafted out of some some league. They were with the G League. He got to, I, <laughs> I think you're right. That's you know, so it, him and his brother, right? Hey, you talking about Tom Thompson, um, Cam Whitmore, who was like the steal of the draft. I like the idea of Cam Whitmore taking, you know, a big step of taking a big role on this team because, you know, he does come from a traditional, you know, big time collegiate school that. Look at you. You like the names. You like the big time schools, huh? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, get out of here. You small market. I want the big schools. Give me some Duke. Give me some USC. Give me some. never had any of those kind of guys we've never been good enough to or we've never been bad enough to have to go get a a jay williams from duke or carlos boozer you know right out of duke yeah this stretch that the astros are in god damn it again this stretch that the rockets are currently in it's the worst that they've ever been in either one of our lifetimes yep like in their history that the uh, rockets have been like either mid or good or great they don't have too many of these below 500 just ass teams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talk, talk about the team where I said someone's going to have to get traded. Uh, that leads me to my hot take number two. I don't think Jalen Green is the guy. I think he's going to be good maybe even pretty good, but he's not a franchise player. I think the biggest thing the, uh, for Jalen Green, like as far as fan pers- pers- perception is like he was here first. 
So this has to be the guy because he was here for, he's the beginning of the rebuild. It's like, yeah, he, he was the beginning, but that doesn't mean he's the, the center of the rebuild. I, I, I don't know what Jalen Green's ceiling is. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is what, his third season now? Yes. And I didn't really see a lot of – you didn't see big improvements from year one to year two. So, you know, I don't I don't necessarily see that – I know it's only two games in, but I don't, I don't necessarily see that happening, you know, those – you know, necessary big improvements going from two to three. I'd love to be proven wrong. You know me. You know how I feel about that. Yes, you hate on that. You hate on Houston athletes. Be like, I hope I'm wrong. (laughs) So you get it both ways. But yeah, I'm looking at uh, Jalen Green's stats. Like he scored more points in his sophomore year compared to his rookie year. But he also took more shots. Right. He took almost four extra shots a game between his first and second year. But I'm, I'm with you. Like, what is his ceiling like? Tracy McGrady, like a poor man's Tracy McGrady. Oh my god! Like, that's an all star. Like, what do you? I mean, like, like no, no. What I'm saying is Jalen Green. Like, he can make an all star team. Like, but I don't think he's going to be like a franchise. Like, if the Rockets were to win a championship, it's not because he was the best player on the team. It's. It's projecting that way. Like, it is definitely trending in that direction. I I will agree with you on that. I don't know. Like, I see him as maybe a, a third option kind of guy. I don't know. Because he's is he he's a shooting guard or a point guard? Shooting guard. Shooting guard. Man. Man. Uh. I mean, we're seeing more and more shooting guards kind of take the reins. You know, if you look at like Golden State, if you look at Boston, mm-hmm. you know, those are really good teams. And I don't, I don't know if he's, yeah, I, I don't think he could be that guy. He's not the best guy on this current Rockets team, it's right? Sangoon. I would say if Jabari Smith actually got the ball in his hands and more confidence, that he would be better than Jalen Green. You know, it's it's funny you say that because it's like I've seen a handful of games with Jabari Smith. I've seen a handful. I saw was that that game where he, I think he had a game winning three pointer mm-hmm. last season. I actually saw that. But yeah, you look at that guy, and I don't think I've seen a. I don't think I've seen anybody with less confidence. In himself than Jabari Smith, at least it, not a long time on a basketball court. Yeah, that's why I'm like, man, maybe if they get a couple of these other young guys up out of here, mm-hmm. he'd be able to flourish on the floor. But I just don't see with Jalen Green. Uh, like you, I would like to be tr- proven wrong, but I really feel like this is his make or break year with the Rockets. And if it doesn't go well, I wouldn't be surprised to wake up, you know, sometime in the off season and see that he's been traded away. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Just I don't I don't see it. Don't see it. Uh hey, anything else basketball wise? It's only been a couple of games. So we don't have to stay on the subject that long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two games in, uh, new head coach. Um, not surprised that this team is 0-2 right now. Mm-hmm. They'll eventually get a win. I am surprised how they lost that first game. How did they lose the first game? They lost by 30. Oh, to yeah. The Jazz. <laughs> right. <laughs> they got whooped decent, whooped good, whooped horribly. They got whooped. Right. Yeah, you can't. You can't go down like that night one. I don't know. You saw the video of um, uh, Dylan Brooks, like during warmups, he was just standing there looking like a door, just standing there trying to look tough while uh, the Magic were doing their warmups. Mm. And all I could do was like, I was like, I told Anthony this guy wouldn't be that much of a head issue. And here he is, game one, being an idiot. I did too. You know how I felt about that. Yes. I, when I said, because like I, I, I had to talk you down off the ledge <laughs> on a podcast. I know how you felt about Dylan Brooks. And he's already he's already starting up night one and getting embarrassed yeah. night one. God bless. Good for him though that he somehow talked or intimidated his way into a big time contract. You know, a multi-million dollar contract, but oh man, it had to be with our team. Any anybody but our team. That's what I was hoping for. And mm-hmm. I couldn't. <laughs> the universe couldn't uh, couldn't grant me this one. <laughs> All right, we'll talk more about the Rockets as the season you know continues. Just wanted to get that hot take on the record. So, you know, <laughs> right. when Jalen Green is the MVP candidate this this year, y'all know who to, to thank. I lit that fire exactly. in his belly. Uh, so let's end the podcast. Let's talk a little football. Let's talk about the Texans. Another disappointing loss today. What was the final score? 15, 15, 15 to 13? Yep. Oh, what a what a score. They went for the two-point conversion in the third quarter and they went up 13 to 12 and they couldn't convert. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I wouldn't say that came back to haunt them, but I mean, technically it's the only, like it is the deciding factor points wise, but I told you before we started recording, like it seems like any time a team, you know, several weeks, not, not two weeks, but you know, several weeks into the season, any team, it, no matter who is the head coach, no matter who's the quarterback, no matter what era of Texans football it is, um, any team that is winless several weeks into the season and is looking for that first victory, in recent memory, can pretty much count on the Texans being that team to get them that first W. I I can't can't tell you how many times it's happened over over the years. Like it just seems to consistently happen and that's what what happened today uh texans played themselves i I would say i saw most of the game i -hmm. missed i think the first half of the first quarter uh i missed i think the first half of the third quarter as well but 
I mean, this team really played themselves out of a victory with penalties and CJ Stroud. Sorry, CJ Stroud only had 140 yards in the air. Yeah, yeah. my slips, my slips, all gone. You had money on the game. Uh, I put a little. It was a, a little six way, and one part of that was CJ Stroud more than two hundred forty point five passing yards, and he came oh. very close. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a bad. That was a. It's a bad slip game for me all around. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. Like you said, you watched how much of the game? I would say. Just over half of the game. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say whatever you watch was more than I watched <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I started playing Spider Man two. You know, I hopped back on like an hour before the game, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just play a little bit, and I'll get off." Of, you know, <laughs> as soon as the game starts, and then as soon as the second quarter starts, and then oh well, halftime. I might as well wait to after halftime to start playing. And I never watched a second of today's game. <laughs> I was too busy saving New York as Peter and Miles. Right. And I made the right decision, apparently. Yeah, I mean, there was a great drive in the first quarter, towards like the end of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the best series that the Texans had, I feel like, the whole game. Um, Stroud snuck in for the – did he sneak in for the – or no, no, it was the fullback that – Ran in for the touchdown, uh, Beck, I believe. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, that was the best offensive series they had all game. And then from there, it just wasn't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking about some hype that I heard regarding uh, some players, like, coming up in the draft. And I was like, man, this team is playing – they're already like playing better than anybody expected. Um, and with this division, like they are, you know, potentially, you know, in the running for a wild card spot. And I was thinking, boy, you know, they're, they're playing too good to get, to be anywhere near getting uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. The, with a first round pick mm-hmm. in the draft. Um, who I think would be like the key wide receiver for, you know, to pair with a young quarterback like Stroud. Um, But then they played this game today and suddenly don't look, you know, as exciting as I, you know, I even text you about going into the bye week last week. Like, you know, I prefaced it by saying it is very unlikely very unlikely, but I looked at the remainder of the schedule after la- or two weeks ago, and I said the strength of the schedule, this team could very like as unlikely as it is, could run the table, and they couldn't even get out of the blocks. First game af- after the uh, after the bye week, they couldn't even be a winless team. Um, but again, that's just how super unlikely that scenario was. Um, But yeah, just today, just, man, it was a letdown for sure. Just after seeing them play so well, you know, the past few weeks. 
I'm on Tankathon. I'm trying. I'm just looking to see where the Texans <laughs> draft pick because the Texans do not have their draft pick. Oh, do they give it up for uh, Anderson? Yep. So their draft pick belongs to almost said St. Louis. It belongs to Arizona. We uh, the Texans have the Browns draft pick. It's the last pick from the Nasty Man trade. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't think the Cardinals expected the Texans to be anywhere close as good because that pick is currently sitting at 13. Meanwhile, the Browns pick that's coming to the Texans is 24. So mm-hmm. they ain't getting nowhere near um, a junior, you know, MVP. anybody. Yeah. <laughs> really. Anybody of note. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats. It was just a Look like a rock fight. A total of 28 points scored in this game. Yeah. There have been so many bad NFL games this year. Like last week before the game started, I was like, man, there's only like two or three good games this week. And I was like, one of the good games looks like it's going to be Ravens versus Lions. And we all know how that turned out. <laughs> right. Like, it just feels like this season's one of those just. Shit seasons. The bad games are bad. Blowouts. Even the good games that you think going into the week turn out to be blowouts. It... Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the Raiders keep getting primetime football games. <laughs> right. Let's Let's check some of these scores going on right now. The Broncos are up on the Chiefs, fourteen to nine, at halftime. The Ravens beating the Cardinals, coming out of halftime, fourteen to seven, and the Bengals are up on the Forty ers fourteen to ten. Fourteen minutes okay. left to go in the third. Tonight's NBC game: Bears Chargers. Oh God, yeah. the Bears. Get a prime another primetime game? I, I brother, I do not know what the hell's happening. And then yeah, tomorrow night, Monday night football, Raiders Lions. Yeah, I'm trying to look. What was the best game? Like before the game started, what would you have said the best game would have been? Coming into today? Yeah. Bengals Bengals 49ers. Yeah. Rams, Cowboys, maybe? No, because I I I mean I, I think the the window for the Rams, I think, you know, it's it's getting closer and closer to being done. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they <laughs> they really were the Miami Marlins of uh, the tw- the two thousand three Miami Marlins of uh, of what two years ago when they were built for one Super Bowl victory and that was it. But let's jump, uh, let's jump to next week. You ready? 
Yeah, man, because these games, this, this these lineups are just awful. So next this week, Thursday night football, Titans Steelers. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got a good one. Dolphins at Chiefs. All right. From Berlin. Oh, that's at 8.30 in the morning, though. Yep. I'm not getting up for that. <laughs> I don't even have an NFL network, I don't think. Oh, that sucks, man. I'm not getting up for that. <laughs> you got so they better happy be playing. just to get so despondent. They, they're taking that game to Berlin. They better be playing in a 200,000-seat football arena to make it worth anything. Like, to take that away from, you know, the American fans that that would definitely tune in for that game, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. That's by far the best game I'm seeing right now. Cowboys right. and Eagles. Yeah, I see Seahawks, Ravens. You said Cowboys, Eagles. That one too. All right, so we just named three games. Bills at the Bengals Sunday so night game. Next we week. named four out of sixteen games. Yeah, Monday night games: Chargers, Jets. Chargers back to back primetime games. There's some, the Sunday night game tonight, and then the Monday night game next week. I'm sorry, it's four out of 14 because the Broncos, Lions, 49ers, and Jags are all on bye weeks next week. We've named four good games out of 14. This league stinks. (laughs) The standings real quick. Because I know uh, before we were talking about if the you know, offline we're talking about Texans, you know, maybe sneaking in the wild card. So I just want to see where they're currently where they sit in the playoff position right now. Right now, out of the sixteen AOC teams, they are tenth. Okay. They're sitting above the Titans, the Raiders, the Colts, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Patriots. It would have been nice had they uh, beat the winless Panthers. Definitely would have helped. Yeah, I just you can't trust this team. They're still learning. First mm-hmm. year under D'Amico Ryan's. Right. Yeah. I, I still am a fan of. I still think it's been a great signing. Yeah. But I feel like we're going at the end of the season, we're going to look back at this game and be like, this is the one that kept us out of the wild card. Is either this game or the one against Atlanta? We're going to look mm-hmm. back and be like, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Atlanta game was terrible. Same thing. The, um, the Texans defense just couldn't hold, and the other team scored a field goal at the end. It's time right now. Mm hmm. So who did we say for the Super Bowl this year? Do you remember your prediction? Ooh, uh, I think I had. I think I had. Uh, oh, um, I know I had the Lions. Mm-hmm, I remember that. I think I had the Chiefs. Did we both have the Chiefs? 
Because I remember, no, in the NFC, I picked the Cowboys, which is not looking great. <laughs> oh, they did win today. They're fifth right now in the NFC. That's a playoff. They're a wild card team. Yeah. I think I picked the Chiefs. I want to say I picked the Chiefs. I either picked the Chiefs or the Ravens. Mm. Yeah, definitely picked the Lions. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, doesn't look bad. It's not a sure thing, but uh, the NFC is still the you know, the path isn't as isn't as stiff, I feel like, still. Mm-hmm. And the biggest challengers there were still the Eagles, um, probably the Cowboys, and the 49ers. I I kind of feel bored talking about the NFL. It It hasn't been the most exciting season, that's for sure. Not only did the Texans lose, like, all these games are – you you can only get like a handful of good games every week, right? And if you're not like in a fantasy football league or betting every week, like where's the <laughs> thrill in it? Yeah, don't 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 tempt me because it's too late to start fantasy football. Oh oh no! Don't start betting now. I, I don't. <laughs> You're gonna be trying to text me as for advice, and I'm gonna send you to the to the black to the block list. No, don't do that, buddy. Right, right. Why is Anthony texting me? It's seven forty-five on a Sunday in the morning. I'm gonna be like, boy, you better call that one eight hundred number. You are addicted. <laughs> you help your loved ones are here reaching out for you, sir. You. We need- All right. All right. So uh, by week fourteen, hmm? by week fourteen, your girlfriend will be like, "Is that Anthony texting you again at two in the morning?" Babe, he, can't, <laughs> he can't stop. He, he, he's, on the, he's on all the apps. He's on the underdog. He's on uh, um, prize picks. He's doing all the overs, all the unders. <laughs> His father is calling, asking for help. I can't help him. <laughs> All right. That's about it. Anything else you want to talk about, man? No, no, that's that's all I've got. Um mm-hmm. I feel you know, as, as one last thing, like as uh, as disappointed as I am mm-hmm. that the baseball season is over for the Astros. Um I guess a week early isn't the worst thing. Like because I, I honestly, the day after, I think this was uh, Tuesday, the day after Game Seven, yeah, I felt completely different. I felt like a completely less stressed human being, and uh, you know that's just what happens during during the playoffs, and you know that that tension was relieved. A week earlier than I'm used to at this point. 
Yes, it's the first time in two years I can go trick or treating with my son without. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of trick or treating, I'll let the cat out of the bag. So mm-hmm. next week, um, as long as nothing happens crazy in the sports world, we're gonna do a tier. Okay. And we are tearing Halloween candy. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know, I know which one exactly can go to hell, straight to hell, <laughs> all the way to hell. I, I I figure, you know, after I steal half of my son's Halloween candy, I'll be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a uh, a good tongue for what does taste good, what doesn't. A well balanced uh, thought. <laughs> yeah, um, many things. I know what should be yes. I know what should be in hell. <laughs> right. uh, uh, I'm probably gonna make a. a a tear for all the old candy, like Toblerones, your, grand, <laughs> your grandmama's tear. Yeah. But yeah, so that's next week. Um, we'll be tearing Halloween candy. And we'll have some fun with that. What's uh, what's he dressing up as this year? Um, So his friend is going as, you know, Oogie Boogie from Nightmare uh, Before Christmas. Okay. So Amari's uh going as uh Jack Skellington. Nice. Yeah. Man, that's the wait, the young kids these days know about Nightmare Before Christmas? Well, you gotta think about it. The young kids right now are our kids. So we grew up with that. So now uh, they're watching that. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. You're teaching the youth well. Sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, time to get out of here. Uh, thank you all for downloading, listening, uh, sharing. We appreciate it. Like it's crazy. Last two podcasts, the numbers have gone through the roof. Woo! I'll be so sad when they get back. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood. Uh, so, like I said, we'll be back next week tearing Halloween candy. Can't wait to get one or two emails saying we were fools, but yeah. We'll be back next week. And uh, thank you all for listening. For Anthony, I'm DeQuincy. Later.